Chapter Twenty Four of I Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Angelique G. Campbell, February two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts. The Passing of Grandpapa. I shall not set down here the hard words hurled at me by different lodging house keepers who took it upon themselves to criticize my management of grandfather because for instance i persisted in feeding him laterally on condensed milk instead of wasting money upon a wet nurse i was unmercifully abused but i went my way and soon had him in long frocks and took him from kilburn to ravenscourt park here i was accused of being a baby thief because i explained as usual that the infant's parents were in india small must be a pretty quick traveller then said the sceptical landlady that hemp a night a day more than three weeks old or i'm no judge she was nearly right it wanted now but one month to make grandfather a hundred and ten or nothing at all it was in fact twenty-nine days before he was born or after according as you look at it i got very muddled over his age by this time myself i only remember the date of his birthday and realized that on the night before that anniversary the new scheme would come to an end the old man was now a mere hairless blotchy howling fragment needing ceaseless attention at all hours of night and day a bitter thought often came to me while i was getting his bottle that my tiny grandfather should be going to such an unsatisfactory place so soon for i never could believe despite what the lawyer said that his fiendish opponent had made any radical blunder in the agreement as the long days followed each other i became overstrung and hysterical and felt that a very little more of it would send me mad i let grandpapa drop out of his perambulator one day in ravenscourt park where i had taken him for an airing of course he screamed as only a frightened baby can and attracted the attention of a policeman the constable merely addressed me good-humouredly but a ribald crowd collected in no time boys chafed women cried shame on me an officious old fool who said he belonged to some institution for the prevention of brutality to infants in arms insisted on taking my address i gave it to him trundled grandfather home and moved to turham green the same evening at our new lodgings i told the truth for once and said grandfather's poor mother was dead the landlady here was young and had a baby of her own and showed me great kindness and sympathy she prophesied all manner of hopeful things for grandfather but feared that i should never live to see him grow up there were reasonable grounds for such a doubt for i was now much more than my age and growing somewhat infirm the last ten years had added not less than thirty to my own life i looked pretty nearly eighty now and felt considerably older a feeling of awe and horror daily gained ground upon me at this season i was haunted by the thought of that awful night so close at hand and i pictured a thousand terrors i strung myself up to the task of facing the future alone but i would have given all i possessed to feel that during those supreme last moments some fellow-creature a medical man or one of the clergy for choice would be with me but i had kept my poor grandfather's secret for ten years and meant keeping it to the end the final problem however was quite full of horrid possibility one night i thought of an idea that made me turn goose flesh all over 
what if on the expiring of the new scheme grandfather should revert to the old what if on the morning of his hundred and tenth birthday instead of finding nothing in his cradle i should rise and be confronted with the withered remains of a centenarian of course it would not matter much to grandfather but an event of that kind must leave me in a dilemma beside which the new scheme itself was a mere child's problem what would the landlady say what would anybody say i determined that no one should have half a chance to say anything it was merely justice to myself i arranged a program for that last night the time of the year was late june the weather beautiful so a week before the end i took train to north london i made up my mind to spend the last night of grandfather's life quite alone with him on the wilds of hampstead heath then if he suffered any farther outrageous transformation at the last i could just leave him there and he would be found and duly buried after a coroner's inquest and i could put flowers on the grave anonymously afterwards if on the other hand he simply went out i should be able to rejoin my boxes which would be waiting at the nearest railroad station and go upon my way unsuspected if he suddenly disappeared in a lodging-house it seemed clear to me that i should probably be arrested on suspicion of murder i took two rooms not far from the heath and watched grandfather's last way pass away in ceaseless wailing then came the night before his birthday that evening i gave up the lodgings sent my boxes to the station and after a meat tea and the first dose of stimulant i had taken for a year went forth to the final scene every seat upon hampstead heath that night seemed to be engaged by parties of two the daylight waned slowly not until nine o'clock did the moonlight begin to grow strong enough to throw shadows by ten it flooded the heath with soft gray light the scene was extremely peaceful it even soothed to some slight extent the chaos in my heart grandfather slept he had been unusually silent all day he had shrunk of course to a mere red newborn atom now i had him snugly in a bundle all done up with safety pins i remember wondering even at that solemn time how the devil would be able to get grandfather out of that bundle without undoing the pins about eleven o'clock i threw his bottle away for i knew he would never want it again it was a beautiful night for the passing of grandpapa i only hoped and prayed that he would pass and have done with it i rambled about in the shadows cast by the moon and peered from time to time into the blanket i carried to see if anything was happening to grandfather but he nestled there silent and wide awake i shivered as i looked into his round open eyes bright with moonlight there was an unutterably weird expression in them for they had intelligence once more they were the eyes of a thinking being it would hardly have surprised me at that moment if he had spoken and exchanged ideas with me but he kept deadly silence looking out of his blanket with those round moonlit eyes that haunt me still and then a strange thing happened despite my agitation and the fact that i was now shaking with excitement and suffering from palpitation of the heart a great longing for sleep crept over me i yearned to close my eyes an astounding feeling almost approaching indifference rose within me i actually heard myself saying i must sleep i must sleep it won't make any difference to him 
i fought against the overpowering drowsiness being sure that it was simply sent by some malevolent supernatural power in order to prevent me from being in at the finish so to speak but my efforts were unavailing as a distant church clock chimed half-past eleven i sank down on top of a bank under some gorse bushes and the last action of which i am conscious was that i drew grandfather close to me and put my arms tight round him those poor old arms that had been of some use to him in the past but were powerless now doubtless i slept for half an hour then i was awakened suddenly by the wail of a newborn babe i sat up wildly the bundle with grandfather in it was not in my arms it had apparently rolled to the bottom of the bank but even as i rose to struggle after it the shrill cry of the infant changed to the mumbling groan of one infinitely old and across the gorse bushes in the haze of the moonlight i saw the passing of grandfather whether the vision came out of my own brain or was actually visible to my eyes i cannot say all i remember is that i distinctly heard my name martha martha called twice in weak but frenzied accents and saw an old bent figure with the moonbeam shining on its bald head move across the light he was stretching thin bony fingers out towards me and wringing its hands at the same time i struggled to reach it but suddenly grew conscious of something that came between something formless and unutterable there was a laugh in the air harsh unearthly like a parrot's it died away and the echo of moan seemed to crawl as though alive through the high gorse then there was silence and i with my hands groping in front of me fell forward unconscious i could not have been insensible for very long as facts proved when i recovered again the moon still shone brightly but the east already trembled with dawn and it was cold i staggered down the bank to where the baby's cry had come from and there lay the bundle just as i had clasped it to my heart i opened it it was still warm as a nest from which the sitting bird had just flown but it was empty at the moment i awoke i must have missed grandfather's birth or death or departure or arrival by the fraction of a second i searched frantically round for him i tore my face and my gloves in the forest and briars i raised my voice and shrieked to him and fell on my knees and prayed for him but under my mad frenzy there throbbed a thought that spoke to me coldly and told me he was gone clean gone and vanished away for ever presently i found a vacant seat where i sat and collected myself i dried the blood from a thorn scratch across my face brushed the mud from my dress and then as a golden dawn flashed over the dew and woke the birds i crawled away towards the railroad station a train for working men went at five but i had to wait an hour and a half for it and the time dragged every moment i expected to hear grandfather's cry and once i found my foot mechanically rocking his cradle then they opened the station and i took a ticket to baker street and saw my two boxes labeled and went back into the world alone i have set this narrative down with my own hand and left it in safe keeping when i am gone and not sooner 
i have directed that it shall be given to my fellow-creatures there is nothing more to add for my own part i am passing the fag end of my life in seclusion unknown forgotten so i would have it i recently put up a cenotaph to grandfather's memory in the little village church which i regularly attend there can be no harm in that i still think the old man was most unfairly treated and i shall not hesitate to say so hereafter if opportunity ever offers as for my own dismal part in probably the most awful tragedy earth's annals ever recorded i need say nothing those ten ghastly sunless years are always with me and i should have hesitated before adding another sad book to the many in the world but that i hold it my duty to record these facts my object is that a materialistic age may be confounded that those who do not believe in the principalities and powers by which mankind is secretly led and guided blinded and befooled may pause and reflect before they find themselves meshed in some muddling devil's web from which there is no escape if an outrage of this sort can happen once it may happen again who is safe Benice. end of chapter twenty four read by angelique g campbell or burgundy grace at gmail dot com in winter two thousand nineteen end of a deal with the devil by eden philpotts